key point number three then is this, that determine in your heart that you will not compromise your con- the convictions of your faith. Determine in your heart that you will not compromise the convictions of your faith. Let's pick back up at verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I I fear my lord, the king, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. You know, a faith with deeply held convictions does not happen by accident. Just doesn't. You, you don't all of a sudden just wake up in Babylon one day and then have these deeply held convictions about following God. These four young men did not just say, you know what, I think I'm going to follow God now that we're out of Jerusalem and we're now living in Babylon. I think we're going to, we're going to start following him. No, undoubtedly their faith was deeply rooted in God's word long before they were taken into Babylonian captivity. So I think the important thing for us to take away there is that deeply held convictions of faith flow from an abiding walk with Christ in his word. Furthermore, it isn't enough to have convictions unless we make a conscious and a determined decision to follow those convictions. But keep in mind that those convictions must not come from within ourselves. Those convictions are deeply rooted in God's Word. Now, why is that important? Well, just a a simple uh, look through history can remind you of people like Nero and Hitler, who had deeply held convictions. But their convictions were not biblical. Their convictions were not rooted in God's Word. That's why our convictions must be rooted in the Word of God. And then finally, key point number four is this, that God will honor your faithfulness to Him. Let's pick up at verse 14. So He consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of the ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king interviewed them. And among them, among them all, none was like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. 
and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Now this is pretty incredible. So the first chapter is laying the foundation. It's basically saying these guys held convictions. They weren't, they weren't drawn into the trap of Satan. They weren't drawn into this trap of becoming Babylonians. They're going to stand strong in their convictions. Now that's going to be tested again and again and again as we're going to see throughout the book. But this is, this is laying the foundation, helping us to understand who Daniel is and who these three friends of his are and the significance of the relationship that they have and how God has blessed them and placed them there. And God is going to give them very specific uh, tasks and God is going to, uh, to bring about uh, through the gifting that he has given them uh, some incredible circumstances. So even until, it says this, the first year of King Cyrus. Now, who is King Cyrus at the end of uh, chapter 1? This is the king that's going to come in after the demise of Babylon. In fact, we're going to see that Daniel's going to prophesy that this guy is coming. In fact, there's another prophet that's going to give us the name of Cyrus in the Bible years before he even is, is king, uh, long before Cyrus is even, even thought of. So this is the king that's going to come in and take over Babylon. It's the 70 years later king. So I want, uh, when I read through that and I see what God is doing in their midst, I really want and I desire God's blessing in my life. And I want God's blessing upon this church, and I want God's blessing for you and in your life. So it seems, though, that, that, that many Christians spend, spend more time asking God to bless food than people. And now there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying not to pray at dinner. I'm not saying to pray at, at, at mealtimes. I think that's important. But rather than just saying, God bless this food, how about giving thanks for the food and asking God's blessing on the people around the table? Because that is whom God blesses. When we see over and over in Scripture, God desires to bless his people. And I want blessing in my life. Now, I might be more, uh, 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 I, I might want some of these things in my life, but I certainly need and desire God's blessing. But I want you to hear how God has blessed these four young Hebrews. In verses 14 and 16, he gives them physical blessing, doesn't he? He honored them with physical strength, even though their diet was different. In verses 17 through 20, he gave them mental blessing. He gave them knowledge and understanding. In verse 17, he gave them spiritual blessing with giving Daniel the ability to understand visions and dreams. And that's going to come in extremely handy for Daniel in the upcoming chapters. He even gave them social blessing, verses 18 through 21. God gave them favor among the king, Nebuchadnezzar. He gave them favor with the chief of the eunuchs. And he is going to give them favor with every leader among, along the way, all the way to the first year of King Cyrus. But one last thought, and then we're going to pray together. Even in the face of great trials and tribulation, Christians must remain faithful to the Lord and his gospel. Let's pray.